0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. This is Kristen. And this is Molly. And guys, we have got some exciting homeschool anecdotes coming up. All right, Molly. I don't know that they're that exciting, but I I think I've told you before on the podcast, Molly, that... That I am a product of homeschool. Yes. If you knew me, listeners, it's probably not that surprising because <laughs> thanks to homeschool, I am a little socially awkward sometimes. But I gotta say, um, I was homeschooled through elementary and middle school. And the best part about homeschool was that my school days didn't really last that long because I would come in in the morning and by come in, I mean walk, walk Wake into up. our living room. Yeah. <laughs> get my books, and I would just sit down and do my work. There weren't that many distractions around me in middle school. Uh, I was the only one. My mom was homeschooling because my older siblings had graduated by that time. So it was just me sitting there doing my work, and I was able to get through pretty quickly. And it makes me wonder whether or not I would have been able to do the same amount of work in the same amount of time if I had been in a traditional public school, because especially in middle school, you know, boys would have been around distracting me. Other girls, that's when girls start getting kind of, for lack of a better word, catty. And there's just a lot more going on in those classrooms. But you know, I made it through okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't the re I was hoping for, Kristen. But you know, we do have to make do with these distractions, but there is this new school of thought that Um, holds that maybe we shouldn't have so many distractions in these formative years. Right. There's one newer trend that's coming up in public education of separating boys and girls into single-sex classrooms. And in private schools, this isn't a very new thing. I mean, there are plenty of all-girls schools, all-boys schools, but for public schools, this is a pretty major shift because uh, thanks to Title IX, uh, sex discrimination in tax-funded education was banned, which basically made it illegal for boys and girls to be separated um, in classrooms based on their gender. Right. In 2004, there was this federal change that you could separate the genders into different segregated classrooms as long as there were options. It was a voluntary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you weren't forcing them to be in one or the other. And, you know, as long as the program was reviewed, had a reason... And all that. So what might be some of the reasons besides girls being catty and boys being weird and having cooties (laughs) that we'd want to separate the genders? Well, according to a pretty extensive article on single sex education in New York Times magazine, there are two basic schools of thought when it comes to single sex classrooms. There are some people who favor separating boys from girls because they think that we're just two different, completely different beings, apples and oranges, who need to be taught in different ways because of our just basic biology. And then on the other hand, there's a group who thinks that since boys and girls have different social needs, they need to be taught differently as well. Right. So let's do the biology reasons first. And this is something that Kristen and I have talked about before. Um, You may remember the podcast about whether men and women had different brains. And we came to the cl- conclusion that, you know, the brains do develop at different points. There might need to be, you know, tweaks in education so that you learn things when your brain is ready to process them. Uh, but people are taking this a step further and looking at a bunch of other things in a person's biology that might make them need a different classroom. The one thing I was surprised about, Kristen, uh, was that boys and girls hear differently. Right. Uh, I think the, the statistic is that girls have four times as finely tuned hearing as boys do. So the argument then goes that teachers who are talking at a certain level will sound like they're yelling in front of a girl, whereas in front of a boy, it might just sound normal, like the way you and I are talking right now. So they're thinking that boys and girls need to have different uh, different teachers to facilitate that learning style differently. And there's also... A question about whether or not boys and girls actually see differently. Uh, They think that the male eye is drawn to cooler colors like silver, blues, blacks, and grays and browns, which sort of reflected, I guess, if you look at, you know, crayon drawings of Mm -hmm. any five or six year old boy, and. The female eye, on the other hand, is drawn to more textures and colors. Uh, they think that we are attracted to more warmer colors, like reds, yellows, and oranges. Which, speaking of uh, speaking of colors, that also reflects back to the podcast on whether or not girls actually like pink, which is kind of interesting. Um, but in my experience, I was kind of surprised about uh, this this idea of girls' eyes being drawn to more reds, because I remember in high school. We would ask our teachers not to write with, um, on dry erase boards with red markers because it was really hard for a lot of the girls in my class. I remember to see red on a whiteboard, but maybe that's a whole different. Maybe we're just too sensitive to the criticism that red sometimes portends. Yeah, maybe I felt like I was just being yelled at, or being yelled at visually. (laughs) Exactly. But another interesting thing about the eye, Kristen, is they're saying that boys need a teacher who's constantly moving because their eyes are attracted to movement. So if you've got a teacher up who's just constantly running at the board, they're saying that this is not going to stimulate boys to learn they're going to get bored they're going to be disinterested maybe that's when they start getting distracted and one more interesting thing about this biology uh our immune systems might be fundamentally different so that boys learn better in rooms that um are 69 degrees they've figured this out to the degree of best learning for boys and girls need a warmer environment um that's less stressful i guess somehow on your immune system that's like 75 degrees right molly and and going back to uh a, needing a teacher who's more active for boys. On the flip side of that, they think that girls, you know, in this warmer environment, uh learn better with a teacher who is sitting more still and learning in in group situations with face-to-face communication. Yeah, apparently girls need to just sit in a circle and share just just chit-chat. So, let's get into some of the social differences, Kristen, because sometimes these are a little harder to wrap your heads around. They seem more like stereotypes, but you were talking earlier about the drawings that kids make. And I was reading in one of the New York Times articles that, you know, if a boy does this very dark drawing of like a spaceship with lots of, you know, dark blacks and, you know, silvers and grays and all these very cold colors, and the girl draws this very, you know, pretty picture, Mm -hmm. stereotypically pretty with, you know, a nice pink house, flowers, the teacher sort of subconsciously praise that pretty drawing And say to a boy, well, why isn't yours more, you know, pretty? And it would be the equivalent of going up to a girl and saying, why don't you draw a dog kicking another dog? Yeah, once you add some more action to that, to that family portrait. Right. So, you know, we often think about ways. I mean, I think the most obvious example people think of is that girls fall behind in math and science because, you know, boys start to excel at it and they feel bad. But there are subconscious ways that this is reflecting on the boys, too. Mm hmm. And then there's the question of whether or not separating boys and girls in classrooms can actually boost their self-esteem. I mean, just thinking about in middle school, I mean, you have all of these pressures of raging hormones and you know, all the friendships that are forming and your first crushes and things like that. And if you sort of eliminate those distractions, maybe maybe children will be more able to just excel and focus just on learning and not on all those kind of complicated social aspects. Right. And even if you're not going through that drama yourself, you're affected by other people's drama. So they're saying that if a girl's in a class with boys who want to prove their macho, um, you know, they're having to deal with the boys jeering and making snide comments. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a gender separated classroom, you might be more able to discuss like a love poem and get into the nuance of it without a boy going, that's stupid. Right. Right. So the question is, we've got all these factors at work. The question is whether or not single sex classrooms are effective. Is there anything to these biological and social differences that could that could promote better learning? And so far on the learning question, studies aren't really holding this up. There's really no difference in test scores that any major study's been able to pick up as I understand it, right Kristen? Right. Um, on the one hand, there are more, there are more schools than ever who are trying out, uh, single sex classrooms. But there are also a number of schools who have tried this, and the amount of resources that they've had to pour into separating boys and girls um, into different classrooms hasn't really paid off in the end in terms of uh, improving test scores overall. The Department of Education did a pretty extensive study, I think, in 2006 on whether or not single-sex schooling is effective, and it really didn't find any significant difference in uh, test scores, college graduation rates, or graduate school attendance rates. And the fact of the matter is, it, it might just be for lack of uh, well-developed research, and also the fact that we haven't had long enough to uh, really evaluate whether or not these have long-term effectiveness. Right. And teachers are saying that they see differences in ways that aren't measurable. You know, mm-hmm. behavior may tend to be better. They do feel that they can more uh, mold students so that they are served better on. Uh, the example in the New York Times article was that, you know, a kid said he was learning how to be a man. And they asked him, well, what do you mean by that? And he was like, well, I mean, the teacher talked about putting on deodorant yesterday. So is there a question of when it's better to do life skills and when it's better to do, you know, strict math and science skills? Right, and then... um Down the road, there might be a benefit as well to single-sex education. Um, There was an article in Inside Higher Education that said that students at women's colleges reported having more engaging and challenging academic experiences that might relate back to, like you were talking about with the example of, you know, girls might be more prone to be open about discussing, you know, literature and deeper meanings and things like that in, in in a maybe safer, what feels like a safer environment where they can be more open. Right. But one of the major criticisms about this is that if you don't learn how to express opinions in that mixed environment, how will you do when you go out into the big bad world? Exactly. I think um, one point that was brought up in the research that we were looking at was what's going to happen if uh, if boys have grown up in in single sex classrooms, what's going to happen when they have a female boss, for instance, will they be able to kind of cope with that? new sort of female force in their life. Right. And, you know, it's not just, you know, parents and students who might be uneasy about putting these in, putting different genders in different classrooms. There's some major foes of this plan. Right. The ACLU is wholeheartedly against single-sex classrooms in public schools specifically. And it all relates back to Title IX that uh, I explained earlier that bans sex discrimination in tax-funded education. And they think that this is sort of a slippery slope. As soon as you start segregating the classes, then are you going to fall back to even even deeper segregations? Right. And the National Organization of Women has come out and said that this just reinforces our worst gender stereotypes. You know, what does it do to a young girl to go into school and be told, you know you're different in these ways and so we're going to separate you because of it right because these neurological differences that we were talking about have been been generalized to the entire sexes but that, that's not to say that individual boys and girls will experience things differently girls won't necessarily walk into a 75 degree classroom and feel more comfortable than they do in a 69 degree classroom things like that so I think to answer our question, which is more effective, we just don't know yet. I think that it's very, uh, individualized and parents have to make that choice for themselves. They do say that when parents are more involved in this decision, the kids seem to have greater success, but I think that's probably true of any educational environment. If you've got your parents' support, you'll do better. Right. And, and that's one of the main questions, uh, about whether, whether or not, uh, these statistics saying that single sex education is more—it's more effective, and kids are learning more because since these programs are elective, you're going to have more active parents who are selecting to put their kids into these single sex classrooms. So that might be indicative of simply a more active and involved parent. Well, it's a tough topic, um, but I will say, Kristen, you know, I know a lot of people probably have this question. It's the first question I think of when I think about. Um, you know the stereotypical all-girls private schools, mm-hmm. is can you get a date? And the studies hold up that girls who are in uh, single-sex classrooms don't have any trouble getting a date, but they do show lower statistics of teenage pregnancy than those who are in co-ed environments so kind of a weird statistic to end on but there you go well i'm sure that, that was that right there will be a uh, be a motivator for a number of parents to <laughs> to try out single-sex classrooms but at the same time we still have a lot of questions about whether or not in the end it's really healthy for kids so yeah. we'll keep an eye on that time will definitely tell with this one but if you'd like to learn more about education gender differences and all of the above, please check out our articles on HowStuffWorks.com. And if you have a question or comment for me or Molly, feel free to send us an email at MomStuff at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you